Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host Rebecca and I are going to talk all about how short life is and how to enjoy it now. We're going to talk about work versus play and discipline versus laziness and how to be happy with the right amount of intention, with the right amount of balance? How do we create the right amount of effort to gain results without overdoing it, over trying? At the end of the day, we tend to burn out our motor when we exert ourselves in the wrong balance. And so we wanna talk about the pleasure principle versus civic responsibility. At the end of the day, we have an obligation to have a good life, a fun life, a joyous life, to be silly and fun-loving and to let people off the hook. But at the, also at the same time, we have a responsibility towards the truth and towards creating a society that's more forward-thinking. And we can only do that through politics and activism. So how do we engage in politics and activism without bumming ourselves out? How do we put just the right amount of cheese on the broccoli to enjoy that which we don't normally enjoy. And then we want to talk about the difference between being right all the time or being happy. At the end of the day, some people are just going to drive you crazy and you have to let go and let them be right even when they're not. At the end of the day, sometimes you have to choose happiness over being right. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the paranormal. Why do we get into it? Why do we... Are we believers? Are we really 100% believing all this stuff 100%? No, not necessarily. We're just simply trying to enjoy our lives and to have a fun life and to answer the big questions in a way that's both fun and meaningful and playful at the same time. I've got big, big news, so please listen to the beginning of the show at least. I have very big show news and life news. And uh, if you like what we do, please support us. Uh, you can follow the link tree at linktree forward slash Chef Comedy. And let's begin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I've got my wonderful, beautiful, all-encompassing, all-knowing, all-powerful co-host. She's the ghost with the most, I mean the host with the most, Rebecca <laughs> Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hey, that's all, that's all a lie. <laughs> no, it's true. Gosh darn it. I don't lie. Uh, hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk a little bit about just life. I've got a major, major couple of announcements for you. One about the show and the other about a medical diagnosis uh, to someone that is uh, important and dear to us. Um, today, uh, I'm calling this episode Life is Short. Enjoy it now. Work versus play. Discipline versus laziness. Being right versus being happy. I think at the end of the day, our society just loves, 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 loves being right. And anybody and everybody has been to school. And we're a bunch of know-it-alls. We all know it all. We're all intelligent, except for those who aren't, of course. We'll... But they still think they know it all. They still think they know it all, right? That's the sad part. But uh, anyways, I wanted to kind of make this show today about <clears throat> just... The difference is, you know, how to live your life and how to be happy in a world that's just full, full, full of serious, uptight people. And uh, where do you find your place in it? How do you stay active versus tuning out when you need to? How do you, uh, you know, 
care just the right amount without caring too much? When, how do you know when to pull back? And how do you maximize your health and your fitness and your life in a way that works for you? And, um, you know, the, the first thing I will say is um, we've got some major, major announcement about the show. So, you guys, we love doing this. This has always been about the paranormal and cryptids. It's always been about activism and fighting against regressive and uh, oppressive systems uh, out there and tyranny and corruption and things like that. And just letting folks know that you can be an activist without being a crazy person. You don't necessarily have to be a militant activist. You can be a a low-key gentle activist. You could be a chill activist and still have a sense of humor. You can be liberal without being overly woke. And there's nothing wrong with a little bit of woke. Woke means aware. Be aware of stuff. Mm -hmm. But overly woke means, oh my God, punch the fuck out. The war is <laughs> over, Chachi. Good grief. Um, but I get it. I get why people get uptight. We live in a very uh, just frustrating world. We're not getting where we need to be. And that's why Rebecca and I have a tendency to tune out and tune into the paranormal. And a lot of people over the course of the years are like, well, you you claim to be so, you know, up on everything and know everything. So how can you believe in all this hogwash? Well, I want to tell you, it's not that we are hard believers. We're soft mm -hmm. believers. We're hopeful believers. I'm a hopeful optimist that there's a Bigfoot running around in the forest out there and man, it just it just sparks my imagination. Now, do do I feel like the evidence is bared out? This I've seen enough video and and photo and audio evidence. Well, yeah, some of that can be faked. I I know yeah. that, so we can't ever be one hundred percent sure. But I do believe at the end of the day that uh, the paranormal has met my burden of proof in the sense that um, yes, you you have to rule out hoaxes. You have to rule out that ninety percent of what you see is probably either natural. Or, or a hoax or hogwash, right, of some sort. But that still leaves that 10%. And that that little 10% is like, ooh, it's such joy to my fucking soul. You know, it's like, ooh, there's something yeah. going on here, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and when you don't live in a haunted house, you have to go find the ghosties. You don't, it's not like it's in your house, unless it is, and which, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's why you call experts. But, um, but I just mean to say that, that the paranormal is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be mysterious. We want to figure out what's really going on in the world um, in a way that's fun and, and, and just kind of feeds the soul. It's nourishment to the soul. And so, yes, we when it comes to the mental health and, the, uh, and, and activism, we try to be 100% accurate, 100% correct. Uh, where do I lay down the truth? You know, but we're not news reporters. We're not trying to be, you know, uh, you know, the Young Turks. We're, we're trying to be uh, a small p progressive activist to just fight so people understand that, you know what? Your boss doesn't fucking own you, okay? the um, This world uh, likes to pretend that you have to get in line and you'd better just count your blessings and, and you go get your corporate job and you shut up and you do as you're told. And I'm here to tell you, fuck all that, dude. A little bit of civic disobedience is healthy, but too much, you'll probably end up uh, in jail like those insurrectionists. So at the end of the day, we're trying to show people where the line ought to be, the line of decency, the line of goodness, the line of fun, the line of be an activist, but know when to um, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, take care of your life and your 
you know, happiness and long-term sustainability. That's what this is all about. So sometimes we talk about health. Sometimes we talk about fitness. Sometimes we talk about mental health. And sometimes we talk about what's going on out there in the world. But we try to sprinkle and pepper it in in such a way where you get a little bit of everything. And then, of course, we love the pop culture, movies and TV and all that. So, yeah. That's what this has always been about. Uh, that being said, uh, I wanted to talk about first, uh, this is going to be our final season of Surviving Empathy. I probably shouldn't have had that big rambly speech because <laughs> somebody tuned out by now. I'll have to put it in the description. You know, the truth is, you guys, is that we love podcasting. We love radio. We love doing this for you. But at the end of the day, you guys, <clears throat> we live in a world where even us, everyone, has technology in their bedroom, in their den, in their desk area. And as a result, we are a oversaturated market. You know, I, I often akin uh, podcasting to be the new blogging and that everyone does it, but nobody cares. Nobody reads. Nobody fucking wants to hear yeah. other people's opinions anymore. And uh, partly because they're busy, I get that, but partly because we've got an intellectual laziness in our culture. And so it got me thinking a lot about the future. Um, the second thing I have to tell you is uh, we love doing this show. We uh, are not giving up. We're not quitting. We're going to go on to the YouTube space and uh, we're going to try to make uh, what we are and distill it into who we are and what we are in a, in a way that's a little bit more short form, a little more, you know, uh, bite-sized pieces so people can get in, get out, and get on with their day, you I know? I was just going to say that. Yeah. And so uh, the second thing I have to tell you is that uh, my mother was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. She has a five-centimeter tumor uh, and uh, she's going to have to get uh, chemo and radiation therapy. She just went to her oncologist today. The good news is, you guys, is that it hasn't spread. Uh, the prognosis is good. We're all scared. We're all worried. We're all freaking out. It's screwing up our mental health. And it's, uh, you know, frankly, been very trying lately, uh, mentally and emotionally. Uh, I love my mom. She's the best person in the whole wide world. Who doesn't love their mom? They're the greatest. There's some people, though. Well, but yeah. don't have good ones. That's true. That's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, uh, the prognosis is good. You guys, the prognosis is good. They they have to shrink it and then excise it through surgery. Um, she just went to her oncologist today, and uh, she said that the prognosis is still good. Uh, thankfully, it hasn't spread. Nothing spread, and so long as we shrink it down and get rid of it. Uh, there shouldn't be any problems. With that said, life is life, and there's always a small chance that things can get worse. And so that's, yeah. even though I'm trying to be a hopeful optimist, there's that little part of me that just wakes up every day with a little tiny tinge of anxiety yeah. because it's my mom. And, uh, you, you know, we're not pr prepared for all this. And But the good news is, is that everybody involved thinks, thinks that this is a pretty fairly common thing and that, you know, that we'll get through it. And so that's what I'm trying to do right now. Just be hopeful. And so we wanted to put uh, the podcast on hold and then uh, kick cancer's ass for a month or two or three or however long it takes and then start the YouTube space brand new. So there, there will still be a podcast. The podcast will be Chef Bry's Food for Thought, which will also be a YouTube show and 
radio listening show on Spotify and Amazon and all those places. And that will be pretty much what we do here on Surviving Empathy Podcast. Just a little more, like I said, a little more abbreviated. I could just get right down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I might have to edit deeply. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can do that. Uh, I'm a little long-winded, as y'all know, but uh, but I have a good heart. And uh, we just, you know, I don't know whether or not we're going to make it as YouTubers. I've got seven subscribers, and, you know, I, my numbers are consistent, but you guys, like I said, there's, there's 750,000 podcasts out there. And the only way you're going to rise to the cream of the crop to be noticed is if you're doing something that's really clickbaity like ghosts or like something that's very niche and niche you know or you have to be somewhat of a celebrity and i'm neither <laughs> now i do have radio experience but i never was famous you know but having a radio voice and being good at this is beside the point of the greater world that we live in where we live in an ecosphere where uh if you're not a known figure guess what you're having to scratch and claw at the door much like gouda does hey let, let <laughs> us in you know and uh and so at the end of the day yeah we love what we do and we love you guys you are our empath tribe you are our our heart of hearts and so at the end of the day we don't want to give up on this or you but uh what it boils down to is that yeah podcasts are a dime a dozen and there's there's people out there that have seven or less viewers every week and yet they still keep putting out work week after week after week and we're like that's great i'm glad you have a love for this and an integrity and a and a, and a stability and a, just a tenacity about yourself. That's a good work ethic. But at the end of the day, you also have to look at reality and go and you know go with the with the flow of the world. And 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 the universe is telling me it's time to hit YouTube. It's a bigger platform. It's going to be a video platform. And then if you want to watch or listen to Chef Rise Food for Thought, you can do that on YouTube or on Spotify and Amazon and Apple and all those places. So yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, but we gotta first kick cancer's ass. What do you think, babe? I yeah, I agree. It's it's gonna be different and it's gonna be a little scary. And, yeah. Well, all of it's gonna be scary. The the cancer, the YouTube's, all of it. Yeah, it's life all, is scary. Sometimes. Life is scary, and it forces you out of your comfort zone sometimes. And so that's why this episode today is gonna be about just living your best life. You know, we've been trying this whole time for two years we're at, at, at like 125 episodes now and we're going to be by the end around 130 40 50 episodes i'm not sure where we're going to stop but we're going to stop at some point in the next couple of months and then we're going to go kick cancer's butt and then once we're done with that we're going to start uh, retooling re-evaluating you're wearing a tool shirt <laughs> yeah, retooling. <laughs> and uh, we're going to retool, and we're going to come back to YouTube at Chef Bright Comedy. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. And and here's the thing, you guys. You know, we didn't start this show as, like, oh, we think we're important. Oh, we think we're special. Oh, we have the best mental health in the world. We have depression we get anxiety we're real people and that's why we wanted to come here and show people like hey are you highly sensitive hey 
Do you have depression? Hey, do you have anxiety? Well, hey, guess what? So do we. (laughs) And we wanted to talk from a place of that reality, not a place of wealth or comfort or, 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 you know, we have the best jobs and we live in the best house. We live in a mobile home. It's a nice mobile home, but it's a fucking mobile home, and it's an old mobile home. I'm glad it's just. I'm just glad it's not haunted. Because when I first moved here, I was like, ah, it's gonna be haunted. Right. I, can, I know it, and then I didn't feel anything. So thankfully, it's not. But uh, I just mean to say that we're not perfect people, but we're trying to give the kind of advice that real people need. Because I think at the end of the day, you watch YouTube, you watch the the, the podcast scene, you watch all these content creators, and people are coming from wealth affluence you know 22 year old with a doctorate telling me how to live my life i'm like great buddy great i'm glad you're perfect but that's not (laughs) us dude that's you know i don't have the money to go back to school but i've got a pretty high iq and i'm gonna tell you that a 48 year old with a high iq is still more wise than a 22 year old with a with a doctorate i can tell you that shit yeah and and it's nothing against scholasticness we i'm pro school pro education if you can afford to get, get into college and kick butt, go for it. I say go for it, of course. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't uh, just listen to the voices that are celebrities. We shouldn't just listen to the PhDs and doctorates, although we should listen. Uh, but we should also listen to regular people. Regular people have a right to a say, and that is who we represent. We represent real folks, regular folks, working class folks. Hell, Rebecca works at, at a grocery store for crying out loud. And we do this from a place of purity of heart. We are just regular folks trying to live our best life. And we wanted to show people that despite mental health imperfections and all the fucked up bullshit that's going on in the world, that we can process our life in such a way to have not only not only do we survive, but we thrive. And that's called yep. robust living. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I'm nervous. And yes, from day to day to day, I have fibromyalgia flare-ups. I get pain flare-ups. I get inflammation flare-ups. I get chronic migraines. I get depressed. I get anxious. But at the end of the day, I'm also working out. I'm also a runner. I'm also, uh, now I'm working on this maxi climber, which is fantastic, by the way. (laughs) I feel fit as hell, man, you know? And so at the end of the day, we're just regular people. No pretense, no horseshit, just you know, distillated into its purest form. And we wanted to put on a show that's both thoughtful and kind. And that's what we're doing. You know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So getting to the show, getting to the topic, babe, life is short, enjoy it now. You know, we live in a world where, yes, we're all educated. We're all literate. We thank goodness we do live mostly in an intelligent society. There's most people can read and write. Most people know basic, the, as they call it, the, the three R's, <laughs> reading, writing, arithmetic. <laughs> but at the end of the day, my point is, is that we're all a society who knows a little something. We're not all dodos. We're not all dummies. And, and, and the, we've got a, we're living in a, a political world now where there's a lot of businesses and corporations. There's all these right versus left ideologies and these, lead to mentalities, you guys. Mentalities that are either good or bad for you or good or bad for society. And at the end of the day, I don't have anything against you being Christian or conservative, but you better bring your A game and let me know why you're these things. And if it doesn't add up, I'm going to tell you it don't add up. If you're kind, if you care about black people, if you care about your mom, you care about women's rights, 
uh, you better, you know, just maybe check in on your party and, and decide whether or not they're right for you. You know, that's all it's about. It's not about bashing. It's not about hating. It's not about minimalizing or marginalized people. It's about how can we maximize best practices and doing what's right for this universe in a small p, non-political, progressive way where we have greater outcomes in our society. For who? For the working class heroes, man. For the regular folks. That's what it's all about, you know? And so that gets me uh, to work versus play. You know, we're trying to ride this balance this balance between fun loving but serious we talk about serious dark stuff i talk about suicide ideation i talk about uh, crippling uh, panic attacks i talk about uh, mental health poor outcomes we talk about uh, gun violence in our society we talk about the political strife and the corruption and uh, we talk about the fact that we're just you know I was waiting for liberal utopia 25 years ago, and here I am pushing 50, still wondering when the fuck we're going to have a better society with better wages, better pay. You know, what in the fuck? And I'm growing impatient. And so at the end of the day, yes, you do have to mitigate your expectations. But, you know, I wake up every day. We watch the damage report. We watch Young Turks. We watch a few others, Brian Tyler Cohen, Bo the Fifth Column. We try to stay updated in a way that's fun. And pleasant and uh, informative, but in a way that doesn't bum you out, you know. But you get too, too involved, you end up becoming like Sam Cedar and his little lackey there, where they're just so flaccid and so, like, is he taking no-dose? I don't know. Uh, like, like, I don't know. I like the guy, and I like both of them. They're good people. But mm-hmm. good grief, it's so boring. It's so, I'm trying yeah. to jash it up and sneak a little, <laughs> bam, you know, put a little... Put a little salt bay up in this biatch. But um, I just mean to say, I want this show to be exciting and fun for regular folks. And be damned your religion or be damned your uh, being liberal or conservative. If you're about being a good person and caring in our society, you're in the right place. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we've talked a little smack in the past. Of course, that's what life's about is we got to purge the tanks. We got to get right in our heads and we got to call out uh, usurpers and tyrants and bullshit when it happens. But at the end of the day, we also have to have a little fun, man. And I think we've just lost touch in our society with compassion, basic human empathy. We're losing the, the, our ability to, to care about others. We're losing our ability to give a shit whether or not we pitch in a couple dollars to our favorite podcast. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> We've tried to tell you guys that if you care about a content creator, whether it be me or someone else, if you like what people are doing, bolster those voices. Share it on social media. Get your grandparents and your family involved and your, you know, whoever's in your family, your kids, your your wife, your husband, your uh, brothers and sisters, share good information with those who need it. You know, we've always tried to be both serious and thoughtful and and playful at the same time. And so that's who we are and that's what we try to do. And that's what we're going to continue to do on the Chef Bright Comedy YouTube channel as well. But if you care about people, help them for fucking fuck's sake. Fucking fuck. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I kept it real. That's usually me talking about you. No, I'm just teasing. But my point is, is that, you know, you want to prop up the people who celebrate life, who celebrate goodness, who celebrate best practices. And when you see people out there struggling, help them out, man. 
I mean, that's what life's all about. I was in the army. I was an EMT. You help people. It's called just be a good person. It's called good Samaritanism. You know, that's what it's all about. And so at the end of the day, you know, I disagree from from night until day with conservatives and their lackluster policy. They're not keeping up with the times. They're getting regressive. They're becoming autocrats and authoritarians. So we got to fight where we can fight. But that doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, I have this like personal problem with conservatives. We know a bunch of conservatives. Hell, we're in rural Oregon. That's we're, we're jam-packed with conservatives up in here. Yes, we are. Um, but, but I wanted to get onto this work versus play, the pleasure principle versus civic responsibility. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, we're trying to show people that you can be playful and serious at the same time. That you can be, uh, have, take civic responsibility and stand up for what you believe in uh, and still take care of your happiness and silliness and playfulness and your and you're that little soul in there that wants nourishment. That little we've got an inner adult that's cranky and nasty, and we've got that inner child that's like, "Hey, I just need help. I just need to be loved," you know. And that's what it's all about. So work versus play, my dear. And then the pleasure principle versus civic responsibility. What I mean by that is, if you don't know, there's a term called the pleasure principle. Yeah, it's a Janet Jackson song too. <laughs> that's what's but going through my head right now. <laughs> um, but but I mean this. Well, you want to, in your words, talk about what the pleasure principle is. Do you know what it is, babe? You can look it up. Yeah. I mean. Hold on. All right, babe. So I have no idea what she's going to say. And most of you don't ever know what I'm going to say. That's what makes this show so fun, probably. Uh, but uh, that's why I have to really watch myself on the YouTube space. But, um, babe, tell them what the pleasure principle is, if you would, Here's please. Definition. In Freudian psychoanalysis, the mm-hmm. pleasure principle pleasure principle is the instinctive seeking of pleasure and avoiding of pain to satisfy biological and psychological needs. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. the pleasure principle is the animating force behind the id. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it's so just it's, it's going towards seeking. things that give you pleasure instead of. Right. And some people might call that um, quasi-hedonism. You know, it can it get can, to that point. It can go yeah. there if you go too far. But my point is this: is that we can live in a society that's both intelligent and playful and fun-loving, and it feels like we're just living in a society of all nuts and bolts and no fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people are that way. Yeah, you, you all know, work and no play. All and... work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, and then he goes off and he tries to kill his family, and then he freezes in the snow, and that's just not what you want. Exactly. Did anybody get that reference? Anyone get that reference? I got it. You get that reference? Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's what this show's about, is I wanted people to kind of take a step back today from your life, from your drinking, from your weed smoking, from all your libations, from your exercise and everything. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm going through a state of chrysalis. I'm going through a chrysalis stage. I'm, I'm, I'm a caterpillar and I'm in a little thing and then I'm going to come out a different version of myself by the end. Because why? Because this whole cancer diagnosis with my mom is forcing me to have to get serious, not only in her recovery, but also staying healthy and strong for her and myself. Because I'm having my own issues with fibromyalgia, depression. I'm even having a little bit of a gut health issue myself. I'm getting a little bit of... Uh, 
you know, constipation, and I have to deal with it. And I have to drink more water, and I have to take fiber, and I have to do the things. And I'm all, I'm almost fifty, crying out loud. So TMI, I know, but this is the real life. This is real world, you know. Okay, so I say all this because yes, we're playful. Yes, we're silly hearts. But we're also serious, and that's my point, is that we have become so judgmental and upset, upset and uptight and divisive of each other in this culture. We, we just demand that everybody have absolute 100% perfect thoughts, absolutely 100% perfect feelings, and they better coincide with mine. And if they don't, I'm going to judge you harshly, and I'm going to cancel you, you know? And it's like, oh, God, sigh, what happened? I just miss the 80s so much. Yeah, and well, the thing is, though... And, and that, it makes you say things that you don't mean, like, I hate people. I don't hate people. Yeah. I hate assholes, and there's a difference. Yeah, the only thing, like, the 80s, we were kids. So, right. you know, there was all that shit going on for the adults in our lives, well, I'm have, sure. We have what's called, like, childhood bias. Yeah, exactly. Youth bias. Mm-hmm. I was younger, and I felt better in those days. <laughs> yeah, felt better, didn't have to worry about bills and, yeah, and work. and Well, and uh, but also, you know, I'm sure uh, politics was pretty frustrating in those days, too, but at least... Not at, as divisive it, as yeah at now. least they could pass bills i mean we've yeah. come to the point of an impasse and that's why i say stay vigilant but tune out when you have to you can cliff notes through politics today it's marjorie taylor green saying a bunch of crazy shit you can ignore all that uh you know what they are you know what they stand for you know they have no policies that are going to help regular working people and i don't say that to say oh i'm i hate conservatives I'm saying grow the fuck up and realize that we need politicians who pass bills <laughs> and help regular working people again. I, you know, you know, uh, our good friend Idris today, you know, she went and voted today. How's she going to know who to vote for when she never pays attention to any of it? I love her dearly. She's a dear, dear friend, but good God. If you can't tell the difference between politicians, what are you going to vote for the guy psychically? You know, oh, he feels right. He feels right. I like the name Dave. Dave's a good name, so I'm going to vote for Dave. Well, how, what if Dave's a sociopath? What if Dave is a gun nut? What if Dave you know, wants to sell your women up the river? You don't know until you know, and then, oh, shit, it's too late. Now, guess what? We don't have a democracy anymore. Oh, poo. So my point is that we can be serious without being serious, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But course. the pleasure principle, babe, talk about that a little bit. Um, where should we draw the line between having fun and being playful, being silly hearts, and taking responsibility in our personal life, our business life, our health life? In other words, we're, we're like those jugglers from Circus Soleil that spin the 14 plates on each arm and then he's got one on his head he's got one on his nose and one on his chin he's got one on his elbow you know everywhere there's a digit he's ro- he's rolling plates and we're just trying to keep all these plates up at the same time but at the end of the day it gets exceedingly hard to balance over time because we get what all tired we get cranky we get over it and so we have to learn to self-care we have to learn to be happy and uh, cheerful and that's hard i have depression i get it so where do we draw the line between eating our broccoli and eating our cotton candy? Where do we draw the line between activism and and, and having fun? Well, like everything, it's just balance. You have to find the right balance. Mm-hmm. You can't be super serious all the time. You can't be no. fucking around, playing around all the time. 
you got to find a balance and yeah, find what works for you. But you have to make sure that you don't stay serious all the time because that is just well, not healthy. Exactly. I I have so many people throughout my life, when I tell them my bona fides, when I tell them I was an EMT, when I tell them that I was a massage therapist, when I tell them that I have all this medical training from the Army, that I uh, did all these things in the military, and they're like, you don't act like someone like that. Yes, exactly. Why on earth would I want to be an uptight, serious soldier 25 years after the fact? Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Like I said, you got to punch out of the war, man. You got to punch out. Um, I've traded that seriousness in my demeanor to a seriousness in trying to create a world and, and life for myself and for others that is festive and fun. That's why I became a chef, honestly, because I just I pictured myself being like Norm from Cheers People walk into my little tiki hut <laughs> restaurant and then they eh, Brian and then hey set me up with a couple specials. All right, you got it, man. And that man. was just in my heart and soul from the get-go. But then you start getting into the brass tacks of owning a restaurant, the expensiveness of owning a restaurant in California. I was like, I can't. You know what I mean? And yeah, so what is possible. happening in our culture today? I mean, we've got celebrity chefs making millions while regular folks making nothing everybody's looking to be famous now right yeah everybody's seeking fame and fortune on youtube and all these places that's not what we're doing what we're trying to do is point out the nonsense like i watched this thing with tom segura he's a stand-up comedian and i got nothing against the guy but he did this thing where he's like he's talking about the pores like to use washcloths and he and he he, he talked about himself as if he's wealthy and he probably is wealthy. Mm-hmm. He's funny, but he's, I don't know, there's something about that guy that just rubs me wrong. And then, hey, I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. I, there's no hate, but it just, he's always saying shit that it's just, he's breaking that fourth wall of decency and courtesy. And I'm just like, man, just, I don't know, man. And then he kind of like, he's talking about the poor using washcloth. So he's like, all right, I'll go try to use a washcloth. And he, came out after a shower and he showed his washcloth and it had a shit stain on it. And that was the joke, right? The punchline was, this is why I don't use a washcloth because it, it would get stained with shit, right? And he just referred to himself as the wealthy and he, mm-hmm. and we're the poors. And I was like, oh, bitch, please. Nuh-uh. But, no, it just yeah. was crass. And it's a, he has a crass kind of humor and, and he can be funny sometimes. And I don't think he's a sociopath or a predator or anything like that, but he just... Like, we are rewarding behaviors today. I have a sense of humor. I can let it go. I can let Mm -hmm. it all fly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just don't necessarily like people that aren't sticking up for regular people. We don't need more haves and less have-nots. We need... We don't need to be talking about poor people as the poors. We we need as a society that gives a shit enough for all of us to get better, to build mm-hmm. the middle class so that all prosper, all are well, and all are welcomed in whatever industry they choose. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. So my point is, we're, we're um, it feels like, this is what I feel like is going on today in our society, babe, okay? You go to, you go to school, and you grow up, and you learn about this world, and you go to elementary school, and we <laughs> coddle children, which is good, we should. Children need nourishment spiritual emotional nourishment make them feel worthy make them feel valid but then once they turn 18 we're like haha bitch and you throw them off a cliff and they have no fucking shoot and they're like ah, and they hit a rock down below and we call that tough love we call that welcome to the real world bitch you know 
And at the end of the day, I mean, there's a disconnect between how we regard our children and how we regard adults. And unfortunately, it's having some pretty disastrous results in our culture and economy. And so when I talk about the pleasure principle, I'm talking about this is what I want for my audience. I want you to have fun. I want you to enjoy yourself, but I also want you to be disciplined enough to pay attention to civics and politics, just a little, bare minimum, but I also want you to enjoy your life and have good, robust living, good health, and good mental health. But at the end of the day, I don't want you to pay more dividends into the industries that create more inequality and justice. That's why I hate crapitalism, as I call it. But I'm not a socialist. It's just capitalism has become nothing but a, a constant uh, hunt for jobs and validation that never comes. And so I'm just yeah. like, fuck all y'all. I was in yeah. the army. I, I tried a million fucking times in a million different careers, and I did quite well in all of them. But you know what the common denominator was throughout all my very important, very serious careers? Is that they all led to, guess what? Roadblocks, roadblocks, glass right. ceilings, and cul-de-sacs. Speak on that, please. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you can put everything into something, and unless you're one of the top tier, a lot of things just don't go anywhere. And you put all this time and effort and money into it, and you just get stuck somewhere. I think. And- I think of the hundreds of hours we've put and devoted into intellectualism and good think, good thoughts kind thoughts, helping people. And then I go on Instagram, for example, and I've got, yeah, it's not shabby. I've got 2,500 followers. Pretty good. But then I'll go to some lady sitting in her underwears who's got millions of followers. I'm like, oh, there's your problem. And I got nothing against pretty ladies, but good grief. We're, we are guided by our inner hard on we we just our, oh yeah our, our inner culture s- rewards the wrong things we reward the wrong things in our culture right we yeah. reward beauty over uh, you know good um a good personality we re- we reward um uh, 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 shitty attitudes over good attitudes you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and definitely. i just i just you know it's not about jealousy. I'm not jealous. I, I've gotten over jealousy a long time ago. But it's about how do we steer the ship right? And when you've got all these influencers and influences that are just so perpetuating that, that old way of life that perpetuates the harshness and the ugliness and the, the have versus have nots and the, the wealth and elite versus us regular folks. At the end of the day, I don't, you know... I got nothing against a, a Tom Segura, for example, but he ain't all that. He ain't all that. He's a funny guy, but so am I. And some people make it and some don't. And it feels like we're rewarding only those who can bring it fierce. Like the, like the, you know, like, like, you know, the tough guys. Well, I'm a tough guy. Try me. You know, but at the end of the day, I mean, why are we only rewarding, you know, the, 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 the people who kind of come with this sort of ready-made shitty attitude. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't get it. It's just <clears> the whole, like, 
culture of celebrity Mm -hmm. and people get so wrapped up in it so blinded by it that they just don't look deeper into what's like i like joe rogan in a general sense but he's not contributing to the betterment of our society he's making like six seven twelve million a year i don't even know what he's making honestly and i honestly don't care but and i got nothing against the guy in and of itself i i don't i am a very forgiving person I believe we have to stop judging each other in our culture, but at the same time, we gotta call out bullshit. And what I see is a culture just led by that impetus to be shallow, that impetus to be beautiful, that impetus to to be know-nothing dum-dums, and we don't reward intellectualism or good, intelligent, creative content in our society. We do to a point, but it feels like some people are getting just jumping way up there into celebrity status, while the rest just sort of stagnate at mediocrity. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't. It's- have we lost our way? Have we lost our? Um, have we lost our morals? Have we lost our values? Or are people just sort of so over everything that they've become brash and institutionalized by shady attitudes? A little bit of everything. Yeah, I think because then yeah. you know when you talk about like losing our morals and stuff, but then you know have the 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 Christian conservatives that are spouting that and wanting to take us back to even worse even times. worse stuff right so, right well yeah, yeah that's what I mean is that we're 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 becoming a society every day you wake up and it's Instagram and it's Google News and it's all these feeds just jamming packing our life full of bullshit and so during this cancer scare during this um chrysalis stage of me going from a podcaster to a youtuber i'm trying to simplify and make my life smaller make it more meaningful i'm i'm getting to the age where you know you can only live on those happy chemicals for so long and then they run up out they run they dry out and then you go oh fuck i'm not getting the same dopamine rush that i used to from the simple things anymore Uh oh what should i do and now i'm getting depressed and now i'm getting like you know, it makes you want to give up. It makes you want to stop trying. And I just, I refuse to give up. But at the same time, yes, I sink into depressions because I don't think we live in a society that wants and wants to reward quality material. They want to reward good looks. They want to reward a sweet ass. They want to reward big muscles and a big old fat dick. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, but some of your celebrities probably have small dicks. I'm just just putting it out there you know not everybody wants to compete on that level you know when i see youtubers and content creators there's a bunch of them i like a whole bunch and that's what i mean is is we shouldn't reward people by their celebrity we should reward people by their renegade attitudes and so when we go onto the youtube space i'm sitting here trying to figure out what is my voice going to be what is my attitude going to be like and i decided i want to be a little bit mr rogers and a little bit 1980 1990 uh, MTV VJ, mm-hmm. just a little irreverent, a little yeah. metal, well, yeah, a little that's... Ricky Rockman, and a little bit of uh, Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is who you are. Which is who so. I am. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm uh, Matt Pinfield with a little bit more hair. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've I've watched a handful of YouTubers implode in front of your very eyes. Some. I've seen them going through with their own mental health shit. I, uh, there's one called David Pakman. I like the guy. He's a good kid. But he's a kid. He's a young man. And I'm not saying that to devalue his intelligence or his worth or his value. 
But when you're young, you, you know, sometimes I go, I'm watching him implode because his numbers aren't growing and something weird happened on YouTube and he's going through this crisis and <clears throat> I feel for the kid. I do. But it's almost like he's getting angry with his audience. He's like, Argh! it's like, dude, yeah. I think I get that way sometimes. I'm like, hey, you guys, why don't you help me out? You know, mm. at the end of the day, we can't take it out on people. Society's ills are society's ills, and they're never going to go away. So how do we deal with that without pointing the finger and and and, and blaming people? Because I see I've seen a handful of YouTubers just implode on the screen. I'm like, ooh, that's not yeah. good. What's yeah. you know? Because like I try to bring it real. Like I try to tell you guys, yeah, the numbers are good, but they could be better. Yes, we want to we want to maximize our voice and go to a platform that's going to allow us to grow. And unfortunately, podcasting while as good as it is and as awesome as it is, it's not taking root in our society in a way that it should. We should be corporate sponsors and corporate tests and all the big companies of the world should be wanting to get into on the podcasting, but they don't because the numbers aren't there. And the only podcasts that are getting the big, big, huge numbers are celebrities. And so they have a built-in baked-in audience and with that, a built-in baked-in culture of, of worship. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, it's like, and, there, and I'm like so. trying to tell you guys, like, cool is cool. Fun is fun. We shouldn't think that we should just follow beautiful people and celebrities. Uh, yeah, they're, they, there's some celebrities I like, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to get people out of the habit of just perpetuating this cycle of rewarding nothingness. Speak on that. Well, I think there's just always been this culture of celebrity. It's, well, yeah. I mean, it's always been there. We've all and, had it. We've all been a part of it, of yeah, course. And people just kind of fall prey to that. It's like, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. So, or following this person or watching this person. So, I'll do that instead of making up my own mind and well, I searching think, for alternatives. Yeah, or, well, we can reward hard work. Yeah. We can reward musicians that are skilled. We can reward artists that are doing good stuff. What? But I see, I'm that underdog guy. I, I reward youtubers that are struggling the ones with only a couple hundred views or a couple thousand views i don't feel like i have to just propagate and stick to only the ones that are getting huge numbers well no because if someone's good they're good <clears throat> right and, and that's what we are that. like i don't like I've, I've i've done a lot of analyzing and i'm like what are we doing right what are we doing wrong and i'm like well what we're doing right is we're bringing a our, we're bringing our truest self. We're bringing a brand and a taste and a flavor and an attitude that is ourself, that's unique. And so I don't think that there's anything overly wrong with the product, um, but it might be the way the product is being distributed. In other words, we don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have uh, the the in a sea of 750,000 podcasts, we don't have any right or reason or way to... Uh, make ourselves uh, float up to the top to the cream of the crop. You know, yeah. usually you have to have a celebrity name or you have to be a big studly, you know, like say you're doing a podcast about strongman competition. You're one of these strong guys and you have hundreds of thousands of followers. You can then use that celebrity for a podcast or something like that. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I got nothing against those types of people talking about powerlifting, talking about strength training, talking about bodybuilding. Fine. You know, I follow some bodybuilding sites on YouTube myself, and I like the ones that are not arrogant, the ones that are just bringing mm -hmm. the science or bringing how to train after 40, you know, and I'm learning as a person almost 50 to 
learn how to treat my body as a 50-year-old because we have this tendency to, I feel young, I feel great, and then we work out, we realize, oh, wait, oof, nope, I'm not I'm 25 not, yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah, But I'm just getting really sick and tired of this perpetuation of nothingness. I call it the TikToker dummy phenomenon. It's just, on the one hand, I want young people to enjoy their TikTok, enjoy their life, and have fun, and be silly. On the other hand, they're not getting involved in their politics and activism. They're not getting involved in knowing their history. They're not activated anymore in understanding what this world is and isn't. And so, and yet, I'm the kind of person that will tell you straight up, know your rights, know, ha ha take civic responsibility for what you should, vote correctly, know who you're voting for and why, Stay up on that stuff, but also be a silly heart. And that's why we get into the paranormal. And we're going to talk about that at the end. I want to speak on the paranormal and what it is for us, what it isn't. Uh, because I think a lot of people think, like, I'm coming from as an atheist who, who tends to spout the truth. People think, well, you know, maybe you're not being completely accurate. Well, yes, I am. I just... I've got my own point of view. Uh, we've talked in previous seasons, and I'm sorry that you guys haven't combed through all my episodes, but if you knew me better, you would see that there's science behind all of this, and that's why we believe. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we call ourselves soft believers. You know, I've got a scale. You guys might have remembered my scale of uh, hard disbelief is the worst, and uh, a hard belief is the best, and then there's neutral, and then there's soft belief and soft, dis soft belief and soft disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're soft believers in certain things. Now, I am a soft believer in UFOs. Uh, almost a hard believer. Well, actually, I'm a hard believer in UFOs. I'm a yeah. soft believer that they're from extraterrestrials, mm -hmm. right? And so, why, why is that? Because I actually saw a UFO when I was 19. Yeah. Okay, I'm almost 50. It was a, many, many moons ago. But I saw two UFOs in unison in Redding, California. They were bright red, football-shaped, and they um, traversed the skies for over three minutes. So, I know what I saw. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it was very real to me, and it was life-changing. And, and I was into the, that stuff before, but I really got into it after that. It was crazy. And we're starting to see uh, our society becoming more and more grueling, more and more uptight, more and more serious. And so I feel like a lot of people are falling away from their understanding of civic responsibility and activism and and maintaining the line of freedom for regular people. That's why we're anti-corporatists. She works for a corporation. We got nothing against companies doing their thing. Well, that's not true. We do have a problem with it. But my point is they, they, they exist and you have to coexist with them in a way that's pleasant and kind. And some are better than others. And some so are better than others. And, choose and, and so we, we try yeah. to find, uh, yeah, we try to point out the flaws in corporatism and greed and in cap capitalism, as I call it, because... At the end of the day, we're trying to show people that you can you don't have to fucking necessarily go work for that company. You can go do this, this, or this instead. We're trying to offer alternatives that you can have a fun life, a good life. And when we all stand up in unison, we make the world bow and bend to our needs, not the other way around. And unfortunately, we're living in a society that's still a trickle-down, top-down economy. And, and that is... 
so unfortunate. And that's why I get tired, tired, tired as a regular person with a long history of college and uh, an understanding of history and civics and uh, activism. I get tired of seeing uh, our society tuning out to making a better world. And yet I see it's happening. It's getting better. But uh, I just see so many people just not wanting to eat their intellectual broccoli. Speak on that. Yeah. Well, because it's not fun. Right. It's and not there's so many people. But it can be. It can be. It's yeah. Like you got to put some cheese on the broccoli. That's right. what you got to exactly. do. <laughs> and it just kind of goes back to the pleasure principle thing. Like people just want to play and have fun, and which is understandable. Because but, life is short. Right. Yeah, but I you get also that. need to kind of know what's going on. Well, you, so you can help yourself live a better life and help society be better. Well, imagine if you were just playing, say you're playing football, but you were ignoring your health. You were ignoring the world around you. You were ignoring that weird feeling in your in your gut or that weird feeling in your heart. And one day you go, Argh! and then you have a heart attack and you flop down on the ground and you're gone. Now, for some people, that's pl- okay. They'd rather live 30 fun lives. Yeah. Than 80 healthy lives. Mm-hmm. So for some people that might work. We call that the Sammy Davis life. Sammy Davis yeah. had a short, brief, but fun life. And uh, we actually he was pretty old. Was he? Yeah. Who am I thinking? We call it Sammy Davis years. It is. You yeah, know, exactly. But, 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 but my point simply <laughs> is is I don't know how old he was now. Now you're going to make me have to figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) But all I'm trying to say is that, yeah, pleasure and fun and having a good, fun, silly life is absolutely needed, of course. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's a part of me that wants to be, to let people off the hook. We should not judge and scrutinize and keep trying to force broccoli down people's throat who don't want it. But when I see, like, regressive things in our society that need to be fixed right the fuck now we don't have time to be playing around playing games and so it's a weird balance to strike i know because i'm I'm a lover i'm a kind-hearted person i don't want to ridicule young people i don't want to be judgmental i don't want to put them out i don't want to make them feel emotionally or intellectually uh put out right but if they're so fucking fragile they're so fucking weak and they're so fucking anti-intellectual that they're never going to get it. We're just handing them a life instead of them working for it. And so speak on that. Yeah, there's just <clears throat> got to be a balance to it. Because, yeah, you don't want to make things overly hard for no, people. Because that's not. the that's the conservative mentality. Like, right. I had to live a really hard life. And so I'm going to make it life, tough so I'm going to make it well. tough for everybody. Right, like, no, fuck that. So, yeah, there's just, <clears throat> there's got to be a balance to it. Well, and it, there's got to be a way, like... The, the YouTube channels that we watch, it's kind of a fun, fun way to learn about things that's mm-hmm. not completely serious. So yeah. if you can find ways to make it so people can learn things, but not really feel like they're being find cheese fed. to put on your broccoli. Yeah. yeah, you can find science channels that make it playful, yeah. And fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find political channels that make it playful. And that's how I think most people learn best, anyway. And right. So we all remember the teachers that were fun, yeah, exactly, smart but playful and fun. Mm-hmm. The my my teacher, Mr. Boyle from the fourth grade, comes to mind. I had so yeah. many teachers that were just playful and fun, and the bad ones were the ones that were just always dry and serious. Like yeah. when I talked about that history class I walked out of, mm-hmm. I'm like, good grief. 
Yeah. Like, I, I bet you the real thing wasn't this boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean? the thing. Yeah, learning facts and figures can be boring. To, yeah, just kind of mm-hmm. put things into short, little, concise, but fun formats. Yeah. Then people be more apt to <clears throat> listen to it and watch it yeah. and maybe pick up a thing or two. And I just feel like the pleasure principle is that we're all so broken now. We're all so damaged yeah. that... We should just let everybody off the hook for everything. And yeah. then they never learn. They never grow. They never get disciplined. They never learn their rights. They never learn government. They never learn how our legislature works. They never learn how to vote correctly. And so they always stay ignorant. Yeah. Their head's in the sand. And we don't yeah. have time anymore for that, you guys. And so, yes, uh, us older folks, are we're trying to uh, uh, teach our children well we're trying to teach our young people well we're trying to be kind we're trying to be good natured and good hearted but at the same time we also have to every once in a while slap them upside the head and say yo wake up dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure i'm gonna get some more coffee so i'm gonna pause yeah and that's what they call you know tough love and i'm trying to be more of the fun dad than the than the mean dad for my audience, because at the end of the day, I'm a big guy. I'll slap, you know, it's like uh, that movie from the 80s, uh, Back to School. Remember, uh, it was uh, Burt, Burt Young. He's like, mm-hmm. I had two kids. I put one through college and the other through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, I'm trying to be uh, a little bit of tough love, but also good dad, fun dad, too. Kind dad, you know, and at the end of the day. You can't force people who aren't emotionally ready to step up to step up. Uh, have you ever tried to take a five-year-old or a six-year-old or seven-year-old and put them up and play t-ball for the first time? They like the ones that aren't ready aren't ready. The ones who are are. We all grow at a different rate. But my point is, is once you enter into your twenties and thirties, now you're you know maybe you're in college or maybe you're in a trade school or maybe you're out there in the workforce now and a lot of them want to drink they want to party they want to have fun they want to date they want to meet their wife they want to start a life etc yes i get all that we don't have time for politics brian we don't have time for broccoli fuck you we're having fun and and so a lot of my fitness has had to change over the years my the way i look at uh, intelligence and uh, you know learning and growing uh, uh, not only scholastically, but also, you know, uh, spiritually. You know, I am an atheist, but I am a spiritual atheist in that I am starting to see how short life is and that you'd better start creating a sanctity to your life. Now, is there a sanctity to life? Probably not. But we have to create our own sanctity of life in the sense that, you know, uh, when whether you live 40 years or 150 years, you know, at the end of the day, uh, tomorrow's never promised. So, Yes, we don't want to get wrapped up all the time in things that aren't pleasurable. But at the same time, what if the world becomes a shithole because we failed our, our civic responsibility to step up and take care of the corporate hedonism that is destroying our capitalism to such a way where we don't understand the left versus the right politics machine. We don't understand the media machine, the 24 new news cycle. We don't understand how yeah. toxic that is. We don't understand yet uh, how all these systems work, and therefore we don't know our place in the world. And so what do we do? We tune out. We go to the bars. We drink. Mm-hmm. We smoke. We get laid. Hey, I used to do it too. And then I, you know, knock on wood, I never ended up with a, a disease or something or, or, or in a car accident. But I got a DUI when I was 23, and uh, I never fucking drank and drove again. I can assure you that shit. Yeah. 
I learned my lesson. That was back when it was just just starting to get bad, where you needed to get a lawyer and it was expensive. And yeah. uh, I didn't need a lawyer. I had to take a course for four months, and that was it. But I met people in there who accidentally killed folks, you know, uh, and they were serving jail time and all kinds yeah. of shit and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you learn your lesson in life. And so now we're at a point where I want people to have fun. And I want people to have really good, robust mental health and, and have a balance with their fitness. I'm going to speak on that in a little bit. But my point simply is, is that the, um, the pleasure principle is, is one where we want to have fun. But I, I do believe that youth is wasted on the young. And so I, I had you during the break. Uh, I wanted you to look that up. So do you have something for us? Yeah, I just found a a meaning that someone had coined. Um, It says, the term youth is wasted on the young refers to the immaturity that comes along the energy of youth, meaning that despite having the energy to do many good things, young people will waste that energy on silly, trivial things. Uh Aha. Where did I come (laughs) up with that? Now, I'm not trying to be, I know a lot of people are going to listen and go, oh, you oldies, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> fine don't listen fine i'm just old i'm a, but i'm not so old that i'm mr serious yeah and i'm not so serious that i don't understand the need for laughter and playfulness and fun and silliness and goofing around i'm the ultimate class clown i spent all of my even in college as a class clown why do you think i want to be a comedian i've always been funny and silly and goofy but i also learned that when the rubber meets the road if you don't do something to achieve you will achieve what nothing nothing Nothing. and so um that's why we're taking this youtube or taking this podcast to the youtube space i really do think that podcasting is excellent i love it it's radio it's it's renegade radio it's pirate radio all over again just like the 70s you could did you know that there was do you know why they call it pirate radio i know i've heard why but i don't remember okay they call it pirate radio, you guys. If you don't know, um, back in the day, there was what was called regular radio, and and you couldn't um, talk about certain things. There was, uh, you know, the FCC had certain rules, and they still do um, rules of decency, things like that. But pirate radio was basically a bunch of hippies who would rent out a ship and broadcast out there, and it was called pirate radio because they were. They could say what they want because they were in international waters. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and you could say what you wanted. And yeah. nobody could stop you because you mm-hmm. weren't bound by the same laws and rules that you would inside a regular space. Yeah. So, well. And what's cool about podcasting is that we know we have freedom of speech. We know that we have all these rights, but we fail, fail, fail to use them. People are afraid yeah. to be, you know, step up. They're afraid to speak their mind. They're afraid to be protesters. They're, they're, they're afraid to get out of line for fear that they're going to look like radicals or rebels. But I'm telling you, if someone calls you rebel scum, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Shirt I'm wearing today. That's right. <laughs> rebel shirt. <laughs> exactly. So, but you do not age gracefully by keeping up the same habits in your 20s as you do in your 40s and 50s. If you're still drinking as heavily in your 40s and 50s as you were in your 20s, you're doing it wrong. If you're lifting weights the same way 
You know, we were watching that video the other day, and the guy mm. was saying, you don't necessarily in your 40s and 50s have to go to elder size, right? <laughs> but you do have to change your form. Like, yeah. there was a, he, what did he call it? Do you remember what he called it when he would say, uh, you know, when people exercise, they use a lot of body language. It just oh, means yeah. you get all herky-jerky yeah. in your mm-hmm. motions. Yeah. You could just lift and do, yeah, you just, you're like, you're, you're, you're using a lot, your unnecessary movements. You're, you're lifting heavy and strong, but you're, you're not using proper form and you use a lot of other body parts to, to create inertia yeah. to mm-hmm. jerk that thing back right. up. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he's saying in your twenties, you can get away with that shit. You can eat pizza and work out and get buff and never have to think about diet, never have to think about form, never have to think about anything. That was me. I was super buff in my twenties. And I ate like shit, and I worked out okay, but my form wasn't the best, and I definitely skipped leg day sometimes, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, I could get away with it then. But now, in my uh, late 40s, I don't look 50, thankfully, knock on podcast, Matt, (laughs) but the reason is because we have to learn to age gracefully. We have to learn how to balance our seriousness from our playfulness and our scholasticness from our um, uh, silliness and stupidness. You know, we're all inner morons sometimes, and we have to allow for others to be that as well. And that's what I mean is that we get so caught up on whether or not people are right or not, and not enough on whether or not they're happy. And so I wanted to speak on that next. Happiness versus being right versus being happy. What What does that say to you, babe? Some people are just so intent on being right no matter what mm-hmm. that they don't pay attention to the fact that maybe they're alienating people, they're making people they're, hate they're getting, them. They're because getting toxic. They're, yeah. They're getting they're they're manipulating people mm-hmm. perhaps. They're yeah. they're um, so in the fight, so in the argument that they forgot to lighten the fuck up. Yeah. 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 I mean And that's the that's the culture I see today. That's why why do you think conservatives always, always, always say everything is woke? Because woke uh, instills a sense of stupidness, a sense mm-hmm. of extreme, a sense of they're ridiculous. Those yeah. liberals exactly are ridiculous. And there's nothing ridiculous about wanting inclusion, wanting to include people like the M&Ms or the new toys where they want to include other but races. They want to include the, other people. That clip that we saw that were like, yeah, Lego's going woke. They've got a and person with anxiety, they've got a person missing a limb, and just the derision in their voice, like, how dare they be inclusive? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, that's what they're trying to do, is they're trying to capitalize on the ridiculous behaviors of woke liberals. And, hey, uh, we've spoke about this a hundred million times. Being woke is not necessarily a bad thing. It no. becomes a bad thing when you give your opposition fuel to show them how ridiculous we've all become. But at the same time, but they're being ridiculous yeah, too. they're the way they're using it <laughs> yeah. is just anything that that makes everything, but makes the world more inclusive and makes more people feel welcome. They're using it to describe anything like that. Well, yeah, we were is- showing yesterday that Ron DeSantis in Florida wants to get rid of certain books that talk about uh, rate, critical race theory. And, and a lot of these books have nothing about race at all. No. They're just trying to find ways to erase history and race things that they yeah, don't the like. Yeah, the one thing they are talking about was that they were getting rid of a math book because the math book had a section about trying to not make people feel stupid if they don't get something right away. Yeah. 
And, and, and little does Ron DeSantis realize that that was written for first graders and second graders and mm-hmm. kindergartners for people to learn not to, to be nice mock to each other, people who are right? wrong because not everybody gets it as fast as yeah. others. Yeah. And so it's called, you know, we all catch up eventually, but mm-hmm. some people just choose to give up if they're, you know, I know that the, re- the, the conservative movement thinks that not everybody should get a participation trophy for just trying mm-hmm. that we have to have winners and losers. And that is true eventually. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's trying to teach young people with no self-esteem to learn how to think critically and learn how to feel good about themselves and be kind to each other and be kind right and the inclusiveness is important until you become strong enough to fight back but when you're a little child you're a little you're growing you're learning and there's a lot of highly sensitive people and empaths who still never really mastered being tough in a world full of craziness so speak on that what is how can highly sensitive people and empaths and emotionally sensitive people and people that are just more uh, gentle how do these gentle souls live in a world full of outrage and uh, divisiveness and derision it's hard it is a lot of uh pulling in on yourself and hibernating when you don't have to be out in the world which is basically what i do on my days off yeah and you just have to learn to take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. not let all the chatter in the outside world get to you which yeah. is hard. You have to put up some shields and you have to learn to filter out things that are hurtful. And Well, we've been doing this for two years and that's why I always say things like exert when you can exert mm-hmm. and self-care when you have to. Yeah. If you have, you know, um, uh, even people like Joe Rogan say, I lift weights and I do my thing. But then if I get injured or ill, I take a break for a week or two. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, more recently, I was talking about uh, my fitness. I've been burning out you know i used to be a big time runner when i first started the show i was running five to seven miles three to four times per week and now i'm not running at all i i'm still a runner i don't i don't count myself out of being a runner i'm a runner of the legs and mouth as i say but uh i watched a video on youtube the other day from this uh, dude who was talking about powerlifting versus bodybuilding versus calisthenics versus minimalism and now I'm at a point where he's like, I'm a minimalist. Powerlifting is great because you can do three to five sets of very heavy weights. You get very, very strong, but there's a high risk of injury mm-hmm. and a very low reward because your body doesn't look good, right? And so that's nothing against powerlifters. The powerlifters is its own sport. But a lot of powerlifters have a little bit of weight on them so that they can have stabilizing weight. And so yeah. they can have counterweight, right? And so there's a certain look for a powerlifter. They generally don't look ripped. They look big, mm-hmm. right? And so they can carry a lot of mass. And they can lift a lot of mass. And that's powerlifting. And then bodybuilders more about physique. A uh, little bit higher reps, a little bit lower, uh, uh, in uh, a little bit... I f- brain farted. Hold on. A little bit uh, higher reps, a little bit less exertion. And so you, you're using a little bit less weight... Um, and, and, and a little bit more reps, and you get mm-hmm. the, that maximum. Uh, and then there's uh, what's called calisthenics or body weight workouts that don't use weights but rely on yoga or movements or hit training or things that don't involve a lot of weights where you use a lot of body weight. And uh, gymnasts do a lot of that. And that mm-hmm. also produces a balanced result as well, uh, but can also have the downside of uh, without lifting weights, sometimes you don't get the best results and blah, blah, blah. And then it goes to minimalism and minimalism talks about getting the best bang for your buck 
in your fitness, in your exertion, in your uh, diet, and in your sleep and recuperation, right? And what it's trying to tell folks is that, um, you know, some people don't have time to lift all day, every day. And a lot of 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds are still lifting like they want to be bodybuilders. And then they're foregoing their grades. They're foregoing their jobs so they can look good and feel good. And we, we all had that ego back then. I wanted to be Schwarzenegger. I acted like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I had the forehead and the look down, boy. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, no, dude, you don't need to do that. Now I'm at a what I call a minimalist approach where I, I make best use of each workout, where I do a maxi climbing workout. And then I do a full body barbell workout. And I work out uh, two to four times per week, whatever my uh, life will allow. Uh, but then I do take breaks for mental health or for injury or for sickness, right? But that's what I'm saying is that we live in a world today where I don't think a lot of people have the discipline to get anything right, let alone get their fitness right or get their life right. So speak on that. How do we talk folks into realizing that they're good enough and that it, minimalist effort will get results? Yeah, by just being honest with people. I mean, we have all this stuff bombarding us all the time that you've got to do this, you've got to do that, mm -hmm. you have to be on all the time, you've got yeah. to put maximum effort into everything, and right. you just have to try to get through to people, just, I mean, by doing something like this, or by talking to people in your life, and just helping people realize that, okay, you're good enough, you don't have to go all out all the time, you don't have to be this person, you don't have to act this way or yeah, that's all we're trying to do is we're trying to let people off the hook but not entirely off the hook we're mm -hmm. not saying bow out unless you have to for self-care for a while that's the problem with people with depression is they tend to bow out forever or people that are lazy tend to bow out forever or people with drug or alcohol issues bow out forever and what we're trying to say is is you can have libations in your life you can smoke pot and drink but don't overdo it you can have fitness in your life but if it's taking a your, your, your real life is taking a backseat to your fitness life. There's an imbalance there. Mm -hmm. And it's not about judgment. It's just trying to get folks to get right with themselves. Not for us, for them. For them, yeah. Yeah. For their mental and physical health. Yeah, because I'm at a point now where I like where I'm at. I drink a little bit once in a while. But now when I drink wine, I have to measure it. I get 10 ounces. That's all you get. No more. Uh, because then I don't sleep, and then I get inflamed, and, and then it exacerbates yeah. my fibromyalgia and my inflammation, my pain. Uh, so that's all I get, because it, otherwise I won't sleep right, right? So, hey, welcome to 50. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, for, I'll be 49 next month. But, uh, but yeah, that's what this whole show is about today, is that, yes, we should have fun. Yes, be playful, be fun, be jovial, be a happy soul, you know, go for it. Uh, be and that's what we're gonna do on the YouTube space. And so there's we're gonna invite a lot of criticism because there's a lot of uptight, serious people out there who want to say, "Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're this. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because I don't have a PhD. Mm -hmm. I don't need a PhD to understand basic living. <laughs> no. And at the end of the day, we're becoming the society where we only validate people if they have a PhD, or we only validate people who have huge tits or perfect fitness. At the end of the day, it's almost like uh, we forgot nuance. Speak on that. Well, yeah, we've <clears throat> forgotten that we're all human, mm -hmm. and there is no such thing as perfection. Right. And just 
do your best and try to be the best person that you can in all aspects and not for them for you yeah yeah exactly right if you're happy with your weight but you got a few pounds on you fine so long as it's not hurting your health yeah if you're happy with the way you look great if you're not change it but it but don't do it for them do it for you yeah because i tend to notice that when i was young man i can't catch a break i can't find the right job blah 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 i'll keep going i'll keep i work out harder i'd study harder everything harder 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 push 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 and um and that reminds me of the difference between football and baseball where in football you're rewarded for greater exertion you work harder you try harder you push harder you do better you run faster you throw harder you defend harder you tackle harder you get better in baseball the more angry you become, the worse you get at it. Yeah. In golf, the angrier you become, the worse you get at it. In other words, it takes finesse. Mm -hmm. It takes nuance. You have to hit this itty-bitty ball coming at you at 92 miles per hour. And that takes finesse. And that takes understanding the mechanics of how you hold the bat and how your uh how you swing and how your hips move and all this it's mechanics and that's what i'm learning as i get older is there's a way there's mechanics to life there's a right way to sleep there's a right way to eat there's a right way to have fun there's a right way to be serious and unfortunate we've we're becoming pulled in our culture by so many influences so many influencers that have the right intentions, perhaps, but just don't always understand that people are over-fucking-whelmed. How do we find that balance? Because like I said, like I said, people are trying to be everything at once. So how do we get folks to understand how to sprinkle in and season their life with exertion and recuperation in the right balance? I know, I know. It's all about balance. It's always, 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 always about yeah. balance. But... How do you tell that to young people who are young and energetic and spry mm -hmm. and they're just so excitable and they don't know how to calm themselves long enough to read a book? They're, they can't yeah. calm down. They're so excited about life. Well, partially, that's just going to be how it is. I mean, mm -hmm. when yeah. people are young, that's how they are. But I think partly is just trying to find that balance in your own life. Yeah. And by being yourself and being around people, you can help influence them. Yeah. It's just by being yourself and having relationships with people yeah and, and and when it comes to our civic duty our activism i don't i don't want people to get involved in politics because it's divisive or because no. i want people to get involved so they know how to vote the next time we have a so they know what's election. going on that's and all. what's actually affecting their lives and how and it is and where right. it's coming from that's why i say don't listen to politicians what they say mm -hmm. look at their voting records yeah. you can tell what they care about and if they're yeah. voting to eradicate rights for working people, eradicate women's rights, et cetera, et cetera, then you may be a Republican or conservative, but you better understand that you don't get to vote for just the parts you like. You, you're either all in or all out. And so mm -hmm. I think that's why the Republican Party needs to learn their lesson, lose a few more elections before they start yeah. understanding a utility in moderation. And it's hard to get people to branch out from what they're listening to and what they're used to. Because, like, right now, Fox News is being sued and all this stuff is coming out in court that all their, their people on air know that they're 
tricking people. Yeah. They know that the people that they're, they're pushing are to. full of shit. They yeah. know they're lying to people, mm-hmm. but the people that watch that will never know it because they are not talking about it. Like, of course, they're not going to go on and say, hey, so... They're not going to learn it from the liberal you know, media because that's the fake news. Yeah, and they're <laughs> yeah. definitely not going to learn it from fox because why would they be like okay well so what's coming out in court now is that i'm a complete lying piece of shit right they they're yeah. never gonna say they're that. never gonna know so they're it's never hard gonna know. because and, you and, don't and know that, how to get people to listen to the the right things right and that's what i mean about liberalism in itself is that you know bo the fifth column was just saying that liberal folks people who tend to lean a little more progressive uh are super perfectionists when it comes to saying the right thing, meaning the right thing, having the right science, having the right beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I'm trying to say is, is that my views as an atheist don't interfere with my views as a spiritual person. My views in absolutes and science don't interfere with my views on the paranormal or things that are more unusual. I am still grounded in science. I am still grounded in reason, but there's a reason why I believe in certain things. And we're going to go into that last. But uh, just any last words that we can tell folks how to sort of sort your life out, mate? <laughs> it, it's hard. <laughs> you yeah. just have to try to try to pay attention to what you're doing and how you're acting. and Mindfulness. Yeah, my, that is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, mindfulness. I have migraine, max salt brain today. That's so. okay. That's <laughs> all right. You're doing great. Um, yeah, mindfulness, you yeah. guys. It's just... When you work out, no proper form. When you eat, we eat crap sometimes, but I'm learning that refined sugars inflame me. I can't have too much sugar. I got to be careful. So instead of uh, four Twinkies, I just do one. (laughs) Yep. You know what I mean? It's a process. Moderation. Yeah, Yeah, it's a process. And that's what I mean is that as we get better at eating, we become better at knowing nutrition. When we get better at lifting weights, we get better with it through time. Some people just don't ever leave the starting block. You know, it's like that movie with Matthew McConaughey, Failure to Launch. What do we do for these folks? I think you have to, because people get overwhelmed with stuff. There's Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. that you have to, that you feel like you have to know and you have to learn and just realize that, just take everything in little bite-sized pieces. Take little little bits of information at once. You don't have to take in everything all at, all at the same and, time. Yeah, and prioritize what's important yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother, very smart woman, but when she was younger, um, when she met my dad, my dad comes from an upper-middle-class family in uh, Pasadena. A very bright family. All very w- wealthy and successful. Uh, not that I ever saw any of that. Um, that's all right. It wasn't my money. But my point is, is that she felt very intimidated by yeah. how smart they were and how mm-hmm. affluent they were and how well-spoken they were. And it made her feel stupid. Well, yeah. they ended up divorcing because my dad had an alcohol problem and all this stuff. And they were young, you know, and they they got a divorce. And I we went to go live with my grandparents from L.A. to the middle central coast of California. We grew up. Poor, but kind. You know, we had a good, I had a great upbringing, good upbringing. Yeah. Um, I felt very comforted and very coddled and very supported in my life. It wasn't perfect, far from it. Yeah. I had Same to me. deal with a lot of issues of being broke and kids making fun and all that. Went through a chubby stage after I gave up soccer. Anyway, the point is, is we all get mocked and made fun of for being fat or being different or being, but my mom felt very stupid for a long time. And um, yeah. she said, I just, you know, I decided to learn. I learned a little at a time. And by yeah. the end, she was a bank manager. 
Mm-hmm. A bank manager. Yeah. You know, and so my point is, is that don't shell, sell yourself short. We come yeah. from nothing. Lowest stock possible. Just regular folks. You know, we're mm-hmm. like, you know, Star Wars. We, we grew up, you know, uh, our, my, my parents were nothing. They came from nowhere, you know, and you can still uh, master the force despite having come from nothing. And that's what the point of that new Star Wars trilogy was all about, just that they didn't necessarily execute it perfectly. <laughs> um, but it's a great message, you know. Yeah, it absolutely And is. the point is, is that, um, you know, celebrate your wins uh, uh, and don't dwell on your losses and retool and reshape. I still see people podcasting despite the fact they're getting worse numbers than us. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. Maybe you should work on the mechanics of growth a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Or not. Or I mean, not. If that's, if that's, if what, that's just what that's they want to do and they're happy right. doing it. They're happy. Hey, more power yeah. to them. I think the reason why I want to grow is not for financial purposes. I want to grow because I want to reach people and make an appreciable difference in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make connections with people. And You can't do that if nobody's yeah. finding you. Yeah. And so we're just trying to find our people, find mm-hmm. our tribe, find good folks and say, hey. Let yourself off the hook and let others off the hook. Um, It doesn't mean that we can't have a hearty debate. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between um, disagreeing with, you know, you can disagree without being disagreeable. And that's what we try to teach people is that disagree all you want. Engage in healthy debate. But there's the word, healthy debate. If you're going on Facebook and and finding Trump supporters and arguing with these people, you're wasting your fucking breath because these people are never, ever, the point for them is not to learn and grow about politics and policy. Their point is to own the libs. And if that is their sole purpose in life, don't give them the fucking pleasure. Yeah, (laughs) that's choosing your battles yeah and social media has gotten to be such a shit storm for me yeah energetically i go on there and i see tons of stuff i'm not easily outraged i'm not easily like uh like like oh i'm offended i don't get offended but i do feel energetically overwhelmed yeah because oh don't relate oh that's funny that's cute like i love my new thing is like panda bears and cats <laughs> and like koalas and animals yeah. and the purity of heart that it brings mm-hmm. and then yeah a lot of pages about being a humanist being a, yeah. a human good person and um and and you know occasionally you support smaller bands like there's a band i support called Ghidorah. they're called Ghidorah the band Go mm-hmm. check them out on Spotify. They're yeah. great. And he, I say things and then they like my stuff and they play things and I like their stuff and we just have a symbiotic relationship. We're not huge. We're just, it's like we found, you find the people that are at the level you're at. Yeah. You know and what you I mean? You just kind of support each other. Help and each other. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, put so, your energies into the things that can have an effect. Have, have an outcome. appreciable mm-hmm. effect. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, but what would you say to folks that just don't know themselves, don't like this world? I mean, I'll admit it. I'll yeah. be the first to admit that capitalism is becoming a fucking joke. Not because I dislike the basic tenets of business. I, I think we could make it good. But what it lacks is compassion. What it lacks is fairness. What it lacks is utility. And how are we supposed to take on the bigger things like evolving as a culture and society if we can't even create a fair and culture where people can, 
You know, it's like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. How are you going to ascend to a higher level of maturity and growth and of evolution when you're just you don't have a place scraping to sleep by. or you don't have food or right. you don't yeah. Know. You know, and all you're doing is working this stupid 40-hour-a-week job that's low pay, and then you got to get a second job. How on earth? And then a lot of these people have kids, and then they have health care. And if the, the health care costs more, they have to get a second job for health care, but then they have to get more, pay more in health care, or, or excuse me, child care, yeah. than, than they can afford. And so if they just quit their job and stay at home and become an at-home parent while doing some home job, they'd probably be better off because they have to pay so much for child care that it almost uh, creates this, like, then why work <laughs> situation? Yeah. Well, and that's part of the the problem with the way everything's set up is that you get stuck in these these situations and there's no like transition time or resources available. Like you can't just take a little time to figure things out and find something new. You have to have something going right there, right? Because there's no transition in the middle because you need money for and all and, and all i'm and trying to say is if you can help it don't support the corporations yeah. and the celebrities that are doing great support the up-and-comers if you can yeah. support small business if you can support the smaller youtube channels and twitch streamers and uh, etsy shops if you could afford it now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean i don't buy stuff on amazon i do all no, the time exactly but, but that's because little bits that you can tom down the street doesn't s- sell probiotics so right. I, yeah you get exactly. it we have to but yeah. my point is is that where you can make a difference do yeah yeah absolutely where you can choose paper over plastic do if you can buy reusable bags do it if you can get a, afford an electric car do it if mm-hmm. you can find a job that helps people do it yeah if you can't well don't beat yourself up over it yeah do the best you can yeah yeah absolutely yeah. but uh, any last words on uh, being happy versus being right? Because I think our that's our culture today. So is, interested yeah. in being right, not all that interested in being happy. Yeah, you just have <clears> to realize that that's not the important thing. Yeah, that being happy in your life right is more important than owning the libs or mm-hmm. owning the Republicans or. Well, now they all want us. They told us to fuck our feelings for four years, and then they lost, and they threw a shit fit called January 6th. Now they're all going to jail crying about it, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed yeah. to feel sorry feel bad, for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of that, I saw... As an empath, I feel for them, but only those who learn their lesson. Yeah. Yeah. People just, can change, so I we'll see. I saw someone in the store wearing a fuck your feeling sweatshirt the other day, and it's yeah. just... Well, and I think at the end of the day, we have to learn to have compassion for even those that don't have compassion for us. That's a hard thing to master. Yeah. That is a hard thing to master because I had to edit something I said because I I said something that I didn't mean. And I was like, no, Mm -hmm. I don't mean that. I'm just trash talking because we do it for catharsis. But we have to have compassion for people, even those that don't have it for us. And it doesn't mean excusing their behavior. No. Or it just means if you see something Mm -hmm. like that, just let it go. Yeah, like just don't. You well, don't have and, to engage every time. And, you can, and, and look at why they're mad. Look yeah. at why they're upset. They're upset yeah. because they're being manipulated. Yeah, and absolutely. they're miserable, and they don't and they, realize it. And they yeah. daily transact in nonsense and yeah. bullshit and toxicity. Yeah. So they're plugged into the bullshit machine, and that's the problem with a lot of people. Why they don't engage in politics because they don't want to get wrapped up in the bullshit machine. I get all that. Yeah. But you have to know how to vote. So if you can find ways to vote and be an activist and be 
civic minded without turning into, you know, the cancel culture or the militants and the crazies, just learn how to temper that and learn how to put a little cheese on your broccoli. If it's just not going down easy, there are fun yeah. ways to learn politics nowadays that we didn't have back in those days. Oh, I, no, I learned politics from C-SPAN, MSNBC and the news. And it was like, there was no fun politics. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah. you dive into the deep end and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. And then I slowly but surely understood why we stick up for our, these things, why we stick up for our rights, because it's not guaranteed. Our rights are not guaranteed, and so we have to continually be a little vigilant. But that all being said, like I said, once you learn all this, you don't have to tune in all the time. You know it. You know how to vote. I will never vote for a Republican in my lifetime unless they start changing their understanding of right and wrong. But that's not going to happen in our lifetime, so I'm good. (laughs) Vote blue, down the ticket. Um, It doesn't mean that I don't hold Democrats accountable because sometimes they're not. They're too corporate. They're not. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're not progressive enough. They're not yeah. fighting for the right but strength is, of change, but at least starting they're trying. Ch- and it's starting to change. It's, it's starting, starting to. And I don't know that we'll ever get there. And yeah. that's why a lot of people tune out because like, ah, they're just never, we're never going to get there. So why bother? Right. And it's like, yeah, I see your point. But that's why we just. But if everybody said that, then well, it definitely wouldn't change. Right. So. And that's what I mean about a minimalist approach to your mm-hmm. life. In other words, understand how to plug in just a little once in a while. And know how to vote and know your rights and know how to be civic minded and give a little civic disobedience and put those who are completely out of. If you can create a pathway to get others to think more kindly, think more progressively, think more about best practices and less about trying to own the libs, do it. Do it. But at the same time, if you're just not an activist type of person and you're just barely giving a shit, then just do what's necessary to know how to vote, and how to stay vigilant. That's all it's about. And in terms of mental health and physical health and spiritual health, talk on that, babe. How do we keep all these? People get overwhelmed and they they shoot for perfection, and then when they don't reach perfection, they give up. So how do we give people an understanding of building a life that endures through not perfection and idealism, but through simply continue trying? By trying to get that message across. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're... There is no such thing as being perfect. So you just have to realize that and just do your best and yeah. make little changes where you can and just kind of find the little things that keep you happy and right. realize you're never going to be perfect and that's okay because yeah. no one is and well, yeah, give yourself I, a break. When I work out, I've lifted weights my whole life. And so when I give up on it for a little while because of injury or mental health or business or whatever, I start to feel flabby. I start to feel old. I start to feel, ugh. and then I go on the maxi climber two times and I look and feel great. Why? Because yeah. my body responds to it quickly because I've, I've always maintained a certain amount of musculature, but I'm not perfect. I could certainly look better. But my point is, is that I'm comfortable with just feeling activated Ah, my muscles are engaged. Ah, they're supporting my back and neck correctly. Ah, I'm feeling like I'm losing weight. Ah, I'm in the right direction. In other words, don't always think about the destination. Think about the mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, Life is totally. about the journey. And if you can take enjoyment in that process of just enjoying that your muscles are feeling more engaged, that your, your body has more symmetry and balance, that you have more energy or you're eating a little better, you, you've lost a little weight. You know, it's not about perfection. It's just simply about accepting yourself as you are and, and feeling good about 
knowing that you're slowly going up and not slowly going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so any last words about all that, babe? I'm going to shoot to the paranormal and then we'll be done with today's episode. You got anything else for us, babe? Not really. Just just give yourself a break. Give other people a break. Yeah. Life's hard. And what do we do then for those who need to learn? How do we school them without owning them? I think by just being yourself and kind of leading and showing by example, Mm -hmm. by how you live your life and having the little conversations that don't sound preachy and inserting little things into conversations when you can. Yeah. There's a way to teach and lead by example without being heavy handed. Mm -hmm. And some people need... Some people need a little heavy-handedness, and I've learned to be a little heavy-handed where needed, but then I back off and I say, okay, you know, I'm trying to teach my audience how to live a better life, have more robust living, have fitness, have health, have activism, have best practices, be silly while still being able to tackle serious subjects. But we are all so broken and fragile today, especially empaths, especially highly sensitive folks, and especially emotionally damaged folks, that they're just not... They're, they, their fire got put out, their spark. Yeah. And I'm trying to get them to reignite that spark. Some people just don't have a spark. They don't have gumption. So what are those? How do we help those folks? That's hard. Because sometimes they don't well, want to be helped. Yeah. So just... Help those just, that you can help. Yeah. And let people know that you're there. And and maybe show a little kindness to, to those folks. Yeah, maybe absolutely. they just need a little love. That, yeah. A, a lot little of appreciation. Times, yeah. Definitely. That goes a long way. Yeah. 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 Uh, one more thing before we go, I want to talk about the paranormal because a lot of people think, well, you're an, you're, you're science-based, you're an atheist, but then you say you're spiritual. What the hell is going on with you, Brian? And now you believe in Bigfoot and aliens, all this craziness. Hey, listen, we just watched this show called, and we're going to do an episode on it probably, but we watched a six-part series on Amazon Prime. If you like the paranormal, go over there and uh, there are fucking shit galore craziness galore over there on amazon prime and if you have amazon prime um it's free most of it some of it you have to pay some of it it goes through this channel called gaia and you you can get a seven day trial so but there's this thing that we're watching it's called et's among us Mm -hmm. one through six and it's crazy (laughs) it's going way deep and down the rabbit hole and do i believe every bit of it necessarily no no I hope it's all true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, some of it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want it all to be true. But right. my point is, is that they're trying to make it sound like there's this battle going on. That ever since we started the space race, the reason we started the space race wasn't just so we could compete with Russia to get to the moon first, but also because we knew of moon bases by aliens on the far side <laughs> of the moon. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, now we've all heard that before. A lot mm-hmm. of us. Um, but now they're making it as a point of clarification, as a point of matter of fact. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't know, maybe. Um, but then they, they, they go in part one talking about the evidence of uh, our astronauts editing out certain things that they shouldn't have said or editing or s- certain shots that they caught of spacecraft all around them. Mm-hmm. In other words, our, our space is rife with extraterrestrial life, according to this documentary and they're editing it out because they they weren't yet prepared to tell people what the hell's going on and so through the course of this six-part series we talk about alien abduction then we get into 
different, like the hybridization of humans and uh, several different extraterrestrial beings. And then it goes into all this stuff. And so in other words, do I believe all of this hook, line, and sinker? Of course not. <laughs> no. Now I'm hopeful that some of it's real. Um, but there's a lot of it, like, I'm like, good grief. Like, are these people crazy? Like, yeah, are, these people are either way deep into the rabbit hole of belief, or they might just be crazy. I don't yet know. Or they might be telling the truth. Or they just are telling their version of the truth. That's yeah. right. And that's what yeah. Nick Pope says. Nick Pope says, uh, just because something is out- outrageous doesn't mean that people are necessarily lying. So when people tell you something with conviction, believe them, because... They're wanting you to know what's up. And so the point of all that setup is that the paranormal and ghosts and all this is really just a distraction for us for fun. But on a scientific basis, I want to know. Yeah. I know you can eliminate 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% of videos out there because people have software where they can do CGI. They can hoax. Mm. They can trick. We have to be somewhat observant of the technologies we have today that can trick us into believing things that aren't really there. Because there are people that think it's a whole lot of fun to fool people. They don't realize how much it pollutes the purity of the paranormal field. And so at the end of the day, we want to get to the truth. Now, does that mean I'm a hard believer in all this stuff? No, I'm a soft believer. But I do feel once you whittle out all the bullshit and nonsense and distill it down to its purest form, there is 10 to 20 percent of bigfoot evidence of alien evidence of ghost evidence that is accurate that's something is happening something is acting on it and 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 we watched a video the other day talking about observation bias and that we always assume there's an agent involved and then we uh all these things he's talking about the the science behind belief the science behind faith and the science behind um superstition and uh, yes, I agreed with every bit of it. But that being said, we try to deal in absolutes here in the sense that when you whittle away all the horseshit, that still means that there's a small amount that's really happening. And that's where we want to distill and purify the science of the paranormal to get down to something's acting in this house. Something's acting upon these <clears throat> people or these objects uh, and it's definitely not a fake, you know. And so we can't ever assume 100% that it's not fake. But but there's what I call compelling. That's where we can't say it's absolutely real, but I'm compelled in the sense that it looks real and that it could yeah. be real, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all we can do is offer our observations as, as empaths to say, this is what I think is real. This is what I think isn't real. Um, and uh, just have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, I don't think we're ever going to get out of the carnival carnival barker circus that is the paranormal. We're never going to propel it up into a legitimate science. So speak on that. What what is your yeah. belief on on the paranormal and what do you think about it just sort of living on the edges of uh, of reality and credibility? Well, I think there is a possibility of it becoming more legitimate because there are people becoming involved in it that are reputable and they yeah. they are educated and they do come at things with a scientific yeah. eye so Pilots, i think it's mm-hmm. scientists yeah. naval personnel yeah yeah there's and a lot like of you legit said, people like i don't yeah. fall for everything hook no. line and sinker yeah. and i know some of his bullshit and you just yeah. kind of 
just roll your eyes at that and right. kind of move on to the next. But I just I I want to keep an open mind about it because for one, it's fascinating. I, why would I want to have a closed mind about everything? It just would be boring. Well, let me ask you this, because I think a lot of people who get into the paranormal, who get into aliens and Bigfoot, is that they really are bored shitless with regular life. Mm-hmm. I know I am. Yeah. You know, so when I say engage in real life, I'm just saying do what you can in a minimalist approach, a balanced approach. Doesn't Minimalism doesn't mean the least possible I mean, the least amount possible to, to strike a balance, to, to have a net gain effect in your fitness, in your participation, you know, go to your job. Showing up is 90% of it, you know. In other words, show up and do what you got to do to get ahead, but also know uh, how to have fun, too, and when to back off. And you can get results in your career and in your fitness and in your mental health all by having a best practices, most efficient and effective approach. That's what I'm trying to learn myself, and that's what I want others to try to maintain as well. But but my point is is that paranormal people hate the real world, generally. Um, so how, how can we get those folks to... Because according to this documentary, uh, there's uh, hybridization programs, and one day we might be a planet completely taken over by many several races of hybrids and other races of beings. And I know that sounds outrageously stupid and crazy, but if it's all real, A, why hasn't it happened yet? And B, why don't we have better evidence? And C, if it is real, we can't do anything about it. So my point is, do you think they're actually trying to get us all to believe in all this shit so that if it really happens, we don't freak out? Possibly. I mean, maybe because they, you know, they say the reason why they want to keep it away from us is because it would not only ruin life as we know it but it would also it would fuck up our capitalism our people would stop going to their jobs people would start finding religion people would stop believing all their belief systems would be challenged in other words life as we knew it would change and shift and it probably would do you think helping people learn that there are ETs and UFOs do you think that's doing any appreciable good in terms of if if a, uh, an alien landed on the White House lawn tomorrow? Do you think people would be less freaked out now as they would in the fifties? I think they probably. Still I mean, flip it still would freak out, yeah. but I think it's just there's more information out there, mm-hmm. and you know, with them releasing all the Project Blue Book stuff and all that kind of stuff, there is more information. And well, I think the government taking a more um, transparent approach. Because they also were talking about like transparency and John F. Kennedy, and they were insinuating possibilities of a connection between his assassination and him wanting more transparency when mm-hmm. it came to all these types yeah. of things, right? And that somebody wanted to shut him up because <clears throat> they didn't think he maybe he knew too much. I don't know. Um, in other words, maybe there was more reasons to to shut him up than just political differences, but there might have been something that he wanted more transparency when it came to government. And governance. And a lot of people were like, no, no, no. So, you know, we can speculate all day long about what really happened there. But my point is that, yeah, life is weird. And and not only do we have all our regular lives to contend with, but now we have to think about this greater cosmological understanding of our place in the universe. And then basically what the bottom line of what this uh, whole documentary was saying is that we had better advanced sooner than later or else we were going to pay the consequences. Speak mm. on that. <laughs> well, I, 
know. <laughs> right? Well, I think we need to advance for a whole bunch of reasons, not just that well, there's there could self-interest be aliens. In that too. I mean, yeah, like yeah, we don't need to get stronger and more technologically savvy just to to uh, I don't know to evolve as a species for our greater place in the cosmos uh, amongst species species that are probably hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. if not millions of years more advanced than us. We need to just so we don't mm-hmm. make ourselves go extinct. So we protect the the environment. We right. protect our world. It's kind of and a win win. Yeah, it, it would help much us is. step up. I mean, if we developed our technologies to the point where we could actually not be a laughing stock in the universe, that would perhaps be like Star Trek First Contact, where they might want to make contact with us if we showed more better results in our understanding of technologies, but better more than that, that we weren't a species that was so determined to blow ourselves up. Mm-hmm. If you know, yeah. that's why there's so many documented cases of UFOs going after naval bases and NASA rockets and things like that is that they're they they're worried about our nuclear arsenals apparently the the aliens and they they started looking at us when they started realizing we had the capacity to blow up this planet mm-hmm. they might have a special vested interest in this planet that we don't know about and i know that's yeah. all outrageous stuff i'm not saying this with 100% assurance that i know it's real i'm just saying though that like you say can't hurt might help if we <laughs> yeah. perhaps evolved our species got our politics right eradicated hunger got better wages uh, created an economy that didn't destroy the earth blah 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 reduce our carbon footprint these would all be good for us and our economy but then also perhaps our worthiness and validity in the intergalactic scheme of things uh perhaps they would show their face if we weren't such a fucking laughing stock yeah perhaps I, yeah. <laughs> it's possible yeah if they didn't see us as way lesser beings yeah because right now we're, we're probably an like we're an ant farm to them mm-hmm. right they'll just shake it and watch us rebuild you know yeah um but yeah i mean at the end of the day i mean the reason why we're into the paranormal though is not because we think it's 100 percent proven it's that it is slowly but surely meeting my burden of proof on a case-to-case basis scientifically that doesn't mean i can say everything i believe is that 100 accurate it believe i've combed over hundreds of hours of footage when it comes to bigfoot aliens mothman you name it i've done it i've read it i've watched it <laughs> yeah. and i am of the inclinu- incl- uh, inclination that some of it is real a good much of it isn't mm-hmm. but still that's still mind-bending that some of it is still real. And the yeah. things that are I know are real, UFOs. UFOs, UAPs are real. I don't know yet if they're connected to extraterrestrial life, but they might be. We might have been make we might be making them and they might be reverse engineered. So that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. know they're out there. That part is almost a hundred percent given hard truth because even our government now admits that it's true, right? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't speak say on where, where it's from right. or the origins Just or anything. Just what is but it? That it's, gonna, yeah. We got to start paying attention. What there this are is. unidentified <laughs> aerial phenomena. There are things out there flying that we don't know what they are. So hard fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then when it comes to ghosts and all that, there's not as much uh, national interest in that because there's a no money in it. There's no science in it. B. There's no threat in it. 
other than, you know, pulling you out of bed and pulling your hair and shit. (laughs) But that's my point, is that it's always going to be kind of a parlor trick, because UFOs and aliens have a much more significant... um, uh, They're much more of a significant presence and threat than a ghost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bigfoot is scary if you were in front of one, but on the national stage, they tend not to roam around in our cities. They tend not to cause much of a stir at all and so it could go very much unnoticed if we just left them alone and same with ghosts but with aliens it's like the threat might be there despite our best efforts so Mm -hmm. i'm just saying you know i just like to explore and imagine the possibilities but i don't believe it's interesting just because people say it I, i look for um repeatable evidence i look for correlating evidence and i look for the number, you know, uh, that another thing that YouTube video was saying is that there's what's called small batch numbers, and that we tend to believe that if we sample a small group or small number of people, that must be true for a large sample size too, and and that's a fallacy. And so, mm-hmm. just because we run into five or ten cases of Bigfoot evidence doesn't mean that on the whole that is a large statistical evidence. In other words, that's does, that's not proof of Bigfoot. I just feel like with all the evidence, there's enough for me to believe that perhaps there's a couple thousand still roaming around. And they were probably tens of thousands of years ago, one of our, you know, humanoid uh, cohorts that we were warring tribes at one time. They were the Gigantopithecus. We were the, uh, you know, humans. We were the, uh, you know, hominid, rising hominid species. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these warring, because they can say that there was like eight to 16 different hominid species all fighting for resources and that some died out and some didn't. And so maybe the Gigantopithecus died out because maybe they weren't tech savvy or maybe they just required too many calories to live or maybe they couldn't intelligent intellectually have the ability to farm and forage and use tools things like that right and we did and and yet we're the weakest species of them all that's what's so ironic is that our brains created all these technologies to keep us safe and so yeah it's interesting that we became the lead species because we're not the smartest and we're certainly not the biggest we're certainly not the the strongest but what are we we are the most adaptable and so Mm -hmm. we can learn from science in the sense that the ones that adapt the best tend to live the longest and that's what i mean about us highly sensitive people is that at the end of the day if you want to live longer in this world you're going to have to learn to be adaptable what's that mean roll with the punches what's that mean don't live in absolutes you know at the end of the day um uh, incremental uh, progress is still progress yeah you know, yes, it is. Yeah, that's all I mean. Mm-hmm. But but what do you think about the paranormal, babe? I think it's all possible. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, put down a, a gate and say, no, it's not happening. It's not possible. It's not real. Yeah. I'm just going to continue looking at things and watching things. And Why are you fascinated by it? Is it more because you're repelled by real life or is it more because it's fascinating? Probably both. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, we all get tired of real life sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's so intrusive. Yeah. It's so toxic sometimes. Yeah. And that's what I mean, you guys. It's, you know, listen to things that are good for your soul and don't try to fit in with the Joneses. You know, fuck the Joneses. You know, it's like uh, Rage Against the Machine. Fuck the G-Ride. I want the machines that are making them. 
You know, and what he means by that is don't try to fit in with your cars and your fancy cars and your rims. You want the manufacturing rights. You want to make those machines so that you have the power and the control to mm-hmm. manipulate the world and to dominate and to uh, uh, have, uh, you know, strength and, and, and validity in this world, you know. So my point is, is um, you know, don't seek fame and fortune. Seek um, fun. Seek pleasure. Seek uh, best practices and seek kindness and good outcomes in our society. And like I said, when you're kind, when we're forward thinking, when we're tech savvy, uh, 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 whether or not, you know, conservatives call us pussies or not, <laughs> doesn't matter. We're going to get shit from someone no matter where we go. You go on YouTube, there's going to be haters galore. I know this going into the YouTube channel. There's going to be haters galore. But you know what? There's going to be also a ton of lovers. A ton of lovers. Yeah. Ignore the haters. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anything left on your plate to tell the folks, baby? No. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> okay, we're done. Thank you, you guys, so much for putting in another uh, two hours of listening to us on the show. We are just simply trying to get folks to understand that. At the end of the day, do what you do, love what you love, and if you can't eat your broccoli, put a little. Put a little cheese on that. It'll be good. It'll be good. And that's because we have to, yes, we have to find best practices. We got to stop the corporate oligarchies from fucking up our world. We want higher paying jobs. We want better business practices. We want them to stop polluting our rivers and streams. We want them to stop uh, taking everything from our earth because one day we're not going to be able to put it back. That's not hippie shit. That's reality. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so just, you know, do what you can when you can. Exert when you can. And then sleep when you must. Self-care when you have to. Um, yep. But I think politics can be fun. That's why we get engaged in it. It's hard for people that don't know enough about it. They're like, well, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, come to us. We'll tell you. Mm-hmm. What do you not know? Come to my Instagram. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, you guys, we're going to finish up this season of Surviving Empathy Podcast. We're going to then kick cancer's butt. My mom uh, is dealing with uh, the the cancer, Uh, but uh, prognosis is good all around. She had her um, oncology appointment today, and even he said uh, he feels good about it. So, that's good. That's promising. I'm not going to hit the internet. I'm not going (laughs) to fear monger. I'm just going to stay hopeful and... uh, do what we got to do to help her in that time. And then we will hit the YouTube space and hope for the best. Maybe we'll get very popular and do very well. Maybe we'll get nowhere, but we're going to try. Yeah. Yes, we are. That's what it's all have about. Have fun doing it. And have fun doing it. That's yeah. right. That's right. So thank you, guys. We will be back next week. Thank you guys so very much for your support. If you want to help us out, go over to my YouTube channel, Chef Bright Comedy. Seven subscribers. With a lot of hard work, I'm going to be up to 10 or 15 subscribers. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, um, help us out where you can, when you can. And at the end of the day, help yourself when you can, how you can. That's what it's all about. We will see you next week. Have a good day, you guys. We love you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.